listening to Welcome to What the Truck, everybody, on this beautiful Friday afternoon. I'm the dude, Michael Vincent, and that, my good friends, is Dooner. How you doing, my friend? Hey, Michael, if you haven't noticed, I'm, I'm into a few dorky things. Space, Legos. No, no don't say it. Don't say it so. I don't, robots, I don't understand. I don't. Robots, man. As a kid from the 80s, <laughs> I, I was raised believing from, from movies, from books, from everything, that we would have like personal assistant robots all over the place by this point in time in my life. And you know what, though? After today's episode, we might be getting a lot closer to there. Oh, yeah, we, we might be. Yeah, where are my flying cars that the Jetsons promised me, bro? Oh, that fall, falls have. into the uh, the briefcase. Uh, do you have a favorite movie robot? You know, I, I, you just mentioned the, the having the robots in the prime and the Jetsons blew into my mind. I was going to say Terminator because, man, badass, right? But you remember Rosie from the Jetsons, their housekeeper? Not a big fan of Rosie, but I'll tell you, my, my, a couple of my favorite ones is I thought that like when I was a kid, I thought in Rocky Four, Rocky Four, uh, his robot was named Cisco. He's got a little robot at the beginning before, before all the bad things happen. I don't want to give any spoilers yeah, on yeah, Rocky yeah, yeah. Four for those of you who haven't seen it yet. Uh, and, and Johnny Five from Short Circuit. I've made my kids rewatch that. And the only thing with 80s movies is they move a little bit slower than the ones that are edited now. So a little bit tougher to keep the kids attention, but still big Johnny Five fan, even if Wally kind of ripped him off. <laughs> yeah, well, I liked Wally. Wally was Wally was pretty good, but you know what? The liquid metal, the the policeman, the liquid metal bot from Terminator was pretty badass too. And we got uh, Sheena Dave in the comments. She says, "Good morning from Dallas." And Wayne Craig says, "Hey guys from Laredo, Texas. I bet it's warm down there." Hey, hey. Wayne, stay cool. Keep that air conditioning rolling. Uh, let's tip the band. Connect to win with Redwood Connect, supply chain integration platform from Redwood Logistics that connects every last part of your supply chain, turning the logistics maze into a freeway. It connects your disparate, hard-to-manage silos using a drag-and-drop platform that's so easy, it feels like magic. Learn more about Redwood Connect at redwoodlogistics.com after the show. Let's get into some headlines, Michael Vincent. We got a packed show, so let's let's, let's keep that. it moving. That's good. Yeah, baby doll. Here we go. Oh, what's going on here? Oh, we've talked about this before. We were like, you know what? This PPP program, great, but rife for for fraud and mishandling. Well, here's a case. Right. Lawmakers want air freight handler to return 170 million dollars in COVID nineteen. Funds, that's air cargo contractor Swissport USA, which has operations in 16 of the busiest U.S. airports, faces questions from lawmakers about accepting this. And here's why. In a July 29th letter to U.S. Treasury Secretary Steve Muchin, three committee leaders in the U.S. House of Representatives contended that the PPP program was intended to save jobs, right? I mean, it's right there in the name, jobs affected by the coronavirus pandemic, not a corporate bailout. But then what happens, Michael? Yeah, that's exactly that. Because under the CARES Act, they explained that the PPP funds were to be used exclusively to pay employees wages, salaries, benefits. To receive these funds, recipients must refrain from conducting involuntary furloughs or reducing pay rates and benefits until September 30th, 2020. In a separate letter sent to the Swiss Port USA CEO, Frank Minnett, the lawmaker stated that the $170 million the company agreed to receive in payroll support was the second highest award given to any aviation uh, contractor donor. Whoa. Well, so here's what they said. This is from uh, this is from uh, Michigan, New York. So here yet in the yet in the weeks prior to 
Execu- and this is a quote. Yet into the weeks prior to executing the agreement, Swissport announced layoffs of at least 2,840 workers in Florida, Michigan, New York, Virginia, and Washington. Swissport's receipt of payroll assistance for jobs that no longer exist is contrary to Congress' intent in creating that PPP, took the money, and still fired a bunch of people. The lawmakers. Yeah, that's uh, exactly. Yeah, I'm sorry about that, dude. Oh no, it's okay. But the lawmakers—they just want them to inform that they're—they're they're basically saying you got to hire these people back or create some jobs, or we are looking deeper into this. So they're putting the threat out there. Yeah, absolutely. Because it, it looks—it looks kind of—it uh, looks a little nefarious to right before you execute the deal to to cut two two thousand eight hundred forty jobs, right? And then you cut the deal to get these funds. Looks a little looks a little uh, nefarious. Yeah, I mean, fortunately, some companies are, are getting called on this. I mean, again, we've covered it on the yeah. show. We talked to, when we heard about some of the parameters of this, we're like, wait a second. It seems like a lot of the effery could, could be going on behind the, behind the scenes with these. So a lawmaker staying on top of it. Here's another one. Prison, you might have remembered this story from a couple of years ago. The company Auto, yeah. Google's Waymo, uh, executive leaves from there. He's accused of stealing secrets. Well, now prosecutors recommend Prison for former Uber executive who stole trade secrets. Federal prosecutors have recommended a 27-month prison sentence for Anthony Lewandowski, the former head of Uber's self-driving division, as well as three years of supervised release. Lewandowski pleaded guilty in March to one count of stealing Google's trade secrets after he originally charged with 33 counts of intellectual theft and attempted theft of trade secrets from self-driving startup in Waymo in August of 19. But his attorney has an issue with this. Yeah, his attorney really countered that he they countered that he deserves up to one year of home confinement, but no prison time. Court documents claim that over the past uh, six years, Lewandowski has had repeated respiratory illnesses, including pneumonia in 2015 and 2017. And his attorneys are arguing in court documents that sending Lewandowski to prison during the COVID-19 pandemic could be a, a death sentence since the Federal Bureau of Prisons has been unable to control the spread of the coronavirus inside the prisons. Mm. Prior to leaving Waymo parent company Alphabet, prosecutors alleged that Lewandowski downloaded 14,000 Project Show 4 documents sent around advancement in the company's LiDAR technology from his work computer to his personal laptop in December 2015. Leaving the company, taking stuff with you. Folks, be careful out there. Consult a lawyer before doing something like that. A short time yeah. later, Lewandowski, he, f- he founds his own autonomous, suck- uh, his own trucking startup, Auto, in 2016. It's bought by Uber for $700 million. In 2017, Google files suit against them, and this is how it all went down. It was actually settled, right? Uber agreed to pay Google roughly $244 million to get out of the woods on this one, but Lewandowski himself is now looking at getting thrown in jail. And uh, it seems like everyone's using that excuse of, you know, I don't want to go to jail to get coronavirus. Actually, kind of an understandable one. But well, who is it? Roger Stone that got released for similar reasoning. Yeah, well, I don't want to go to jail. I just because I don't want to go to jail. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, yeah. it seems like a good defense right now. Hey, you can't send him in jail because you're not sentencing him to death. And it's a possibility of death. It's, I mean, it's a good legal argument, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, he's uh, he's going to face some kind of consequences. That's for that's for sure. Oh, see, Catherine Whitehouse and Cody in our in our broadcast engineer would get along. She says, love the opossum shirt. Cody corrected me when I called it a possum shirt. 
So uh, those two have that going for them. Cosmo Servant says, morning from Alberta. Grace is in from Houston. So, hey, guys, thanks for tuning in from all across the globe. If you saw my post on LinkedIn, all over the place, people tuning into these things, especially on the podcast side. Uh, here's a little earnings real quick. Amazon, Amazon, we've, you know, you've probably been curious. I was curious about their earnings, seeing how much, pan, how much pandemic buying was going on online. I know I've been doing a lot. Well, Amazon Inc. late Thursday reported strong second quarter revenue and profits as it benefited from the rapid acceleration in e-commerce demand due to the efforts to control the spread of the coronavirus. That's right. Demand for the Seattle-based company's delivery and fulfillment services was reflected in its shipping costs, which hit an all-time record of $13.6 billion, a 68% year-over-year increase. The previous record, Dooner, uh, was $12.9 billion in the fourth quarter of 2019. And you got to remember that fourth quarter, that's got the uh, holiday peak season in it, which is traditionally their busiest season. So, it, it outpaced even even the holiday season. Yes, and their sales increased 40%. That was also way above estimates on the street insiders. So it was $88.9 billion for the second quarter compared to $63.4 billion in the second quarter of last year. Net sales rose 41%. So pretty amazing if you think about it. And now, I mean, that brings a new question. How taxed are these systems going to be come this holiday buying season, especially with all of these retailers now closing on Thanksgiving, I'm sure the focus on Black Friday is going to be moved to online. A lot of these sales, they're hoping people buy online. Finally making that tradition to e-com that a lot of us had hoped we saw, we saw this advent when Amazon was getting really big in 2009, 2010, pushing all of this stuff. People still like going into the retailers, but uh, a big shift by, you know, we always say it on here. Necessity is the mother of invention. And I think the, the quote we've heard from some leaders is this is push e-com forward about five years. Yeah, I would agree with that. We're hearing that from everybody. It's it's pushed a lot of things forward. You know that these these like you said, necessity is the mother of invention, and these these type of uh, stressful events can cause uh, very quick advancements in societies. And I think we're seeing that right now. The push forward with e-commerce, et cetera. Yeah, the 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 pressure on the uh, supply chain is going to be quite high this holiday season. Uh, you know, with if the we continue to reopen the economy and we've yeah. got the stimulus package, hopefully gets passed, that type of thing. It's going to be a, it could be a, a, a major strain on the supply chain. No doubt about it. Well, I'll tell you something. Know, know what might be able to help with that? Some robots, right? Some robots. Good ones. I would think so. Optimus Prime or bad ones. Nemesis Prime. So we'll see. By the way, having a five-year-old is great for the, uh, the prop department. Especially working from home. I have, a, I have an availability of many different things. So let's call Vince Martinelli up right now. He's the head of product and marketing at Right Hand Robotics over in a mild stomping grounds, Boston, Massachusetts. Let's get him dialed up on the phone. He's going to talk about Right Hand Robotics. There was a great article by Linda Baker on FreightWaves.com covering what they're doing in the automation space. Hey, Vince, you're on the air with Dooner and the Dude on What the Truck. Thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, you're welcome, uh, Tim. Nice to uh, chat with you. Thanks. I like uh, I like hitting you know a lot of people might not know this but Massachusetts is quite a hot spot for robotics companies. There's 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 your company and there's there's a few others doing great work in the warehouse space particularly. Ex- exciting business. What's it like being part of the the market up there and what does Right Hand Robotics do for those who are not familiar? Sure. Well, it's a lot of fun up here and uh again as you point out there's a lot of robotics companies in the area. I mean, folks up here have been building machinery and automation for probably over 100 years, starting with the Industrial Revolution, right? But for me, it started with Kiva Systems. Uh, I joined there in 2007. And, um, you know, that, we set out to try to solve the e-commerce fulfillment problem better than anybody else. It's hard to get one item at a time in a box out the door to people uh, right now. 
Uh, we got acquired, of course, by Amazon in 2012, which really kicked off this latest generation of, uh, of robots, you know. But even then at Kiva, we never tried to solve what, what people think of as the holy grail of warehouse and logistics, which is picking the individual items with a robot. That's mm-hmm. what we do at Right Hand Robotics. That's the thing that we do, uh, picking individual items out of inventory totes and putting them into uh, getting them into the outbound flow. This is uh, this has been a weird year, and it's and I think we were talking via email before this show. We were like, Boston sports is almost a uh, and not not to put light of this year, but almost a microcosm. Just if you're familiar with Boston, people are very very into sports. They're not having Tom Brady around. It's it's their own new normal for the uh, for the area. Uh, how are you feeling about things this year? Are we going to get a season, Vince? Jeez, I don't know. Tom, who? I mean, you know, yeah. he's gone. Yeah, so that guy that <laughs> we have to move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What has he done lately, right? Hey, getting, well, Cam, getting you know, Cam Newton yeah. for a song, though. I mean, that was uh, that's a nice little Belichick move, you know. Not not, not yeah. bad to have that security policy. Or, hey, you know what, Vince? We have a video that uh, kind of yeah. highlights what your company's doing and shows off some of these robots. So before we get awesome. any deeper, let's roll that video, and uh, the audience can check out what you're up to, and and we can get up to date too. That sounds great. Thanks. Robots help many industries, but picking products for e-commerce has been impossible. Retailers spend billions each year handling items during order fulfillment, but it's hard to keep up with 20% annual sales growth and shrinking labor pools. Picking and placing items is a mundane task, and in a typical warehouse, an item might be handled 10 times before it ships. This is the opportunity for robotic piece picking. Millions of products are available online, creating the technical challenge. How can robots ever pick such a variety of things, including items they've never seen before, not knowing which will come next? Developing a machine with the intelligence and skills to pick a massive range of items at high rate and reliability, the three R's of robotic piece picking, is what drives us at Right Hand Robotics. Our team of roboticists, computer vision and machine learning experts, software developers, hardware designers, and warehousing specialists focus on this single mission. We call the solution RightPick, and here's how it works. RightPick integrates a software brain with 3D computer vision and a smart gripper. This hand-eye coordination means RightPick owns the pick, being fully accountable for throughput and quality metrics setting it apart from piecemeal solutions and giving customers the predictability they require. Let's watch it in action. Inventory arrives and RightPick's vision system processes depth and color images. Proprietary segmentation algorithms choose an item to pick. RightPick decides the best grasp strategy within a fraction of a second. The patented gripper combines suction, enabling picking from tight spaces with compliant fingers that gently secure and stabilize the load in motion. Integrated sensing confirms successful picks and verifies placement. The cloud-connected right-pick fleet automatically generates a trove of labeled data that is fed into deep learning neural nets, improving performance based on experience. RightPick is on the ground in facilities worldwide, providing autonomous picking capacity with real-time visibility and giving our customers a competitive edge. It's even possible RightPick had a hand in your last online order. If you've not bought in on robotic piece picking from Right Hand Robotics, now is the time to grasp the opportunity.
So that's wow. pretty. Yeah, that's pretty fascinating, Vince. Um, you you mentioned that the holy grail of warehousing robotics yeah. was being able to to pick. And when you think of all the SKUs that Amazon has, uh, can you can you shed a little uh, insight into why that is such a problem and such a hard problem to solve? Sure, sure. In fact, um, uh, if you don't mind, can can I walk you through a, a little exercise that might help people get a feel for it? You want to play sure. along? We came up with this. We're calling it the Dooner Demo, right? All right, man. Explain it in a nutshell. All right, <laughs> you ready, so, Michael Vincent? Uh, yeah, I'm ready, man. Bring it on. <laughs> Here you go. So, uh, in front of you on your desk, you probably have some objects, whether it's a coffee cup, a phone, or something. Mm-hmm. You have something there that you could pick up uh, if you wanted to. I do. Okay. Yeah. So. Yep. All right, I'm going to ask you to pick that thing up. But before you do, take a look at it, right? Think about how you're going to grab it with your hand, how you have to position your hand to grab that particular thing, and then maybe how you move your arm to get it so you don't hit anything else that might be in the way. And then close your eyes and pick the thing up, whatever it is. All right. Let me know, okay? Let me know when you've succeeded, and then you can set it back down. All right, I'm going for it. I'm going for it. I've got right. it. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. And I got a, picked a, a weighty thing. I picked a, a thing yeah. that I like to bang. It's called a cowbell. Okay. I was able to do it, but I'd already scanned and used my my own neural sensors on the chair where it was sitting before I closed my eyes, so it wasn't that hard to guide. But if things were coming off Uh, a conveyor belt, right, that might be a little bit more challenging. Well, Well, I I also do, I I grabbed my water water tumbler right here, and it's always in the exact same position, so I already knew where it was going to be anyway. Oh. Yeah, so you could do it pretty quickly, right? So, yeah, so the dude is one step ahead of you, I guess, right? But... Here's, let me break it down. What did you just do? So you got a task from me. Let's pretend I'm the host warehouse software. I said, pick an item. You did an image capture with your eyes. You then figured out a graph plan. How am I going to grab it? How am I going to do the motion plan to get there? You executed it without banging into anything. You confirmed that you had the thing in your hand confirming the grasp. Now, these are all the technical terms we use. You then moved the item somewhere else and set it down. And then you told me whether you succeeded or not, right? So in a nutshell, you just went through all the steps that the robot has to do that you saw in our video. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it does, but so there's a lot more to it than that, than just that too, right, Vince? I mean, Duna yeah. picked up a car, a cowbell, which is very, very, it's very rigid. I picked up a tumbler yeah. full of water, which could have been a yeah. disaster had I handled it incorrectly. Yes, exactly. Right? So, so that'd be the, the different else. products that your hand, your robots are picking. It has to understand it. It can crush this one or this one's heavy, so it's got to pick it up with a little bit firmer grasp or, or whatnot, right? Yeah. Well, and like a person working in a warehouse environment, you, you count on the robot, you know, having some experience, if you will. So we use artificial intelligence and machine learning. There's some shared uh, knowledge, if you will, between the robots so that uh, and or uh, the customer may send us in the command they send. They may say, hey, pick this item, but be extra careful with it. And then the gripper will adapt. Maybe it only uses the suction for that item and doesn't wrap the fingers around it, for example. So, yeah, we're, we're kind of doing all of that real time, but with millions of products, you can't have a detailed plan for every one. For example, if I gave you 20 other new products, maybe some things you hadn't seen or you don't know what brand of or what the item is, you could still pick them up because you've picked up enough similar things that you'll take your best shot at it. And if you fail, you'll, you'll react and fix it the second time, let's say. So the robot has to do all of that. It's not I like to say it's not your grandfather's factory robot <laughs> uh, because it's a, it's a thinking machine to a degree. Vince, if you yeah. think about it, the human hand is is one of the things, I mean, aside from our brains and some other skills we have, it's one of the most important and impactful things we have, the opposable thumb. How do you create the robot hand so that it can apply the appropriate pressure without without crushing things? Does that take, uh, a, yeah. I imagine that takes a, a very special apparatus. 
Yeah, I mean, so at, in our uh, company, we, we integrate all the pieces together to make the picking machine that, that people saw in the, in the video there. The gripper is something that we developed in-house in, in particular, and it has a lot of uh, sensing and intelligence in it. Those fingers, it's hard to tell in the uh, video, but they're compliant, which means like your hand as you grab something, if, if in that eyes closed example we did, if you're off a little bit, your fingers will adapt around the thing as you touch and feel it, right? So we're some of that's just natural. Your thumb, for example, can rotate a little bit on its own without you actually controlling that. Uh, this is an adaptation because, uh, you know, how the eyes and the hands work to identify a point in space to grab something. If you're off by a fraction, the hand kind of has to sort of suck up the error and make it work anyways. Our gripper is similarly designed. It's, uh, uh, some of the inspiration comes from things like how birds of prey pick things up, you know. But again, uh, uh, you, you know, you don't want to crush things, right? So there are trade-offs there. So that, that's part of the magic of how you make it work. It's why it's a hard problem. So I, there's some people out there who get very scared about automation and, and there's been a sense mm-hmm. of urgency about automation because of COVID-19 pandemic warehouse. A lot of people in close proximity touching similar things. Uh, yeah. You know, robots seem to be a big boon in that. Has that accelerated business or interest in products since the pandemic started? Uh, yes. Yes, certainly uh, interest. And, uh, you know, the business, maybe it's been such a short time period and it takes a while for people to fire up new projects, but, yeah, the interest level is there, and um, we—I don't know—we like to think that this machine is doing such a simple task. As soon as you ask it, like, "Hey, can you walk over there and put something somewhere else or whatever?" That's a whole different machine, right? It's, it's a lot more complicated. So, uh, there are spots in a warehouse. Sometimes I use the analogy: it's like a switchboard operator from you know 50 years ago to connect things together in the warehouse as product flows from the automated inventory storage to a downstream sortation to packing stations. There's places where someone, you know, has to stand there all day to move the item from here to there, here to there, all day. And oh. and it's, yeah, it's, it's, sorry, it's pretty simple. It's a pretty simple task. That's about as high a level as the, the robots can do, I think, anytime soon. So we're, we're, we're uh, I think we're more of a boon to uh, businesses and employees and, and uh, how people are going to do fulfillment than, uh, than really competing with uh, people. Well, that's that, uh, fascinating stuff, Vince. Um, I think on the live broadcast we cut out for a second there, so we'll we can. Oh, yeah. I, I, I got to record it though, so we'll edit that part um, back I'm into your end yeah. there. But how do people reach out and learn more about uh, about your company? Sure. Well, they can find us on the web at uh, righthandrobotics.com, for example. We're also on uh, LinkedIn and Twitter. If people want to follow us there, that would be great. Uh, and yeah, we're we're really uh, excited to chat with you guys. This has been fun. Thanks a lot, Vince. We appreciate it. Okay. Excellent stuff. Vince. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry about that. I guess we cut out for a second, but uh, we we can fix that aspect in post. Fascinating stuff that's going yeah, on in that warehouse space. What he was telling me was just about sort of that problem and the increasing scope and the need for warehouse solutions during a pandemic. You know, now we're going to call a trucker, Charlotte Charlotte Grimm. There's this kind of a crazy story. So I'm going to bring that up. But tell tell us a little bit about what happened here, Michael Vincent. So, uh, yeah, so I believe it was in California at a rest area. Uh, she was walking her dog and, uh, and found a bag of, uh, a amount of money in it. And, uh, she's trying to figure out a way to get it back to the, uh, rightful, rightful owner is what she's trying to do. Hey, hey, Shirley, you're on the air with Dooner and the dude on what the truck, what's happening? 
Good morning, guys. How are you? Well, yeah, what's what's good with you? So you you have this really interesting story. You have like the the, the you know the lost gold or or something. You're you're going through a rest stop and you come across some money. To walk us through the story a little bit, what happened here? Okay, my company had a trailer a truck breakdown on going up the grapevine, and I was sent out there to bobtail out there to pick up the trailer, and I got the trailer. And I stopped at the rest area to do a walk around and make sure everything was okay and walk my little, I have two dogs in the truck. And when I got out of the truck, set the dogs down, I saw something laying on the ground. I'm always looking at the ground. I don't know why. But uh, I picked it up and jumped back in the trucks with the dogs because it was so hot outside. And I looked at it and it was a substantial amount of money. And I got out and I looked around the rest area and there was not any other trucks parked in that area. No trucks, no motorhomes. There was nobody parked in that area where I was. So I picked up the money and took off and because I was already late for the delivery. And I called the sheriff, Kern County Sheriff's Department. And they were actually quite surprised that I would even bother trying to find somebody, which really surprises me guys because if that was my money i would certainly want somebody to 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 try and return it to me uh, so anyway no yeah I, charlotte, I, charlotte that yeah, makes well, sense if, was, if, yeah charlotte, if, you're you're pretty unique in in thinking that way unfortunately and i agree with you it, it is shocking that when you hear these stories people are like why well why, why didn't she just keep it obviously nobody knows whose money it is or anything like that but if you if you got the right mindset and and you're living that way with you know kindness, then uh, obviously you do what you did and congratulate. You know, I applaud you for doing what you're doing, trying to get it back. Have you been successful at all? Not yet. No, I've uh, since since CDL Life put my email address. Thank you very much out to the general public. <laughs> wow. I've, I've actually yeah, I've actually gotten some emails that I'm at. I, I'm I'm stunned. I've had people. But tell me, well, you know, since you found it, then you need to donate it if nobody claims it. And I lost my job and I need to pay my rent. So you uh. should donate it to me. I had somebody else tell me that I was an idiot and whoever lost it was stupid for losing it. And thank you, Brad, very much for your opinion. But like <laughs> I said, you do you, I'll do me. I'm not going to put his last name. He put his email address and everything and told me that I was a fool uh. and self-righteous and just, just self-righteous, you know. Yeah, self-righteous yeah. and I'm a sinner like How everybody self-righteous else. self-righteous of you to try and do the right thing. Wow. Yeah. No, good deed goes un- no good deed goes unpunished, right? I mean, this is... Absolutely. If, if you've ever seen, like, a thriller movie, when you find the lost money, what happens next is, like, the mob <laughs> or somebody comes after you, right? You might end up in a hole. So you might want to do the like, right... <laughs> just, yeah, it's just like when somebody wins the lottery, all of a sudden they got all kinds of relatives that they never had before and and stuff like that. But, you know, I've been driving truck for well over 30 years. And I remember those days of being out here with little to no money. And this could be some driver's truck note. It could be his run money. It could be his rent money, food. You know, it's just a really good sized chunk of cash. And I just can't imagine not trying to give it back to the rightful owner. I applaud your efforts. So I imagine there's people online trying to send you descriptions of where it was and trying to guess, right? (laughs) And, and, you know, it's in a very specific container. It's a very specific amount. I mean, down to the dollar. It doesn't have to be down to the dollar, but it has to be generally within a couple of dollars of what it was because somebody knows what they lost. 
Oh yeah. And, and I mean, and like maybe it was somebody that was in a camper or a motorhome park in the truck parking area specifically. And I, that's why I notified the CHP and I also notified the sheriff's department, the Kern County sheriff's department. So, you know, if anybody's heard you're, you're somebody that works for your company or whatever lost this money, somebody lost this money, you know, and I, 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 love to return it it's locked away in a safe right now it is just the way i found it and in the event that somebody can identify the container and the amount i will happily send them a cashier's check or the cash itself if they want to meet me so i'd rather not meet it i don't think that's a good idea yeah don't meet, meet them don't meet them <laughs> do it in escrow yeah. or something or in, in a store, yeah. at least, because because here's the thing for you, like, and that's that's kind of the 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 danger with like the email address are getting out there. Now you just have no idea who who's being real, who's being duplicitous, who's trying to lure you into something, all of those kind of things. And for people trying to receive the money, they have to be careful too. You never know if you're being set up by someone else. So uh, just be smart about yeah. it. Maybe you, if you should probably meet them at like the police station or something. Yeah, and and that was that was that was what was said by the sheriff's department that if somebody did notify them or notify me to make sure that I had uh, uh, law enforcement there when the exchange was made, or like I said, I would more than happily send somebody with the proper ID and all that stuff. Because I mean, if somebody lost it and they're looking for it, like I said, I don't have I don't have a problem giving it back to them. But it's got to be. It was in a very it's in a very specific container, so somebody would know and be able to identify that. And if they can identify that container, then that's going to tell me, yeah, they lost the money. Yeah. So, I, I would say, like, how do we get people to contact you? But I think you've already had enough people, enough people contact you. What would be the best way if someone's hearing this and they're like, wait, that is my money. And it really is their money. What would be the best way that I could, I don't know, I could get them. Do you have a fake email I, address now? <laughs> No, I I have I've changed all my email address, but the original email address that was posted on CDL Life, which I will send you in an email that you've contacted me with, I will send I will make sure you guys have the, well the email that you contacted me with. Duh, you've already got it. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, yeah, if if somebody contacts you, um, they can contact me through you, and we can. You know, I'd like to say you guys stay on top of this story. And like I said, it is a substantial amount of money. It's not a million dollars, but it is a large chunk of change. And somebody's missing it. Someone in the comments. I'm sorry. Someone in the comments is is trying to claim it. I think he's kidding. It's it's Wayne Craig. He's he's also a driver. He says, I lost it, Charla. It's in a brown plastic bag. It was $30,798.28. I need it back for my, uh, my TikTok date that I'm going on. Yeah, and these are the kind of comments that I'm getting. But like I said, it's more than five dollars, and it's less than five million, and that's that's all I'm going to say. But it's very the amount is very specific, and the container that it was in was very specific with no ID. Well, Catherine, Charlie, you have a you have a lot of comment. You have a lot of support in the comment section. Catherine Whitehouse says she's a kind person who cares for her. Fellow human things, beings, thank you for being you, Sharla. And Cosman says, uh, the universe wanted you to find it. So amazing stuff. Sharla, we really appreciate your time today. Thanks, you guys. You take care. Stay safe, everybody. Thank you very much. All right. Are we back up? I'm not sure. We're using a new system today. I'm trying to... Michael Vincent, am I back? You are back. All right. So we're using this new system. I'm, I, I just... Uh, I, I'm going off Wi-Fi now. Maybe that'll be a little bit more, uh, a little bit more stable. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but we'll try to fix this in post too. I'm doing a recording on my own end. 
No problem. Michael, you know what we got up next? Oh, and Charlotte just said she said thank you. I gave her the comments from from Wayne and from uh, and from Catherine Whitehouse. <laughs> All right, let me no, I didn't uh, hear that. Well, we're gonna play it forward now. Introduce our new guest for us. Will I get his phone number up? Oh, wow. Jake Semba, Chicago, Illinois. Oh, wow. He, uh, so he's, he sent in, hey, Dooner, I saw your post about supply chain musicians. I have played cello and electric cello for 18 years and have performed for large crowds in the U.S., China, Europe. My favorite concert was performing were the Blue Man Group and uh, Chicago Youth Symphony at Millennium Park in Chicago. And I saw a little tape of this. Uh, he is pretty intense, Dooner, no? Yeah, he well, he's Pretty on the line. Stuff. He's on the line with us now. It's Jake Sambo. Oh, What's awesome. up, Jake? Hey guys, how you doing? Dude and Michael Vincent, good to be with you. So we uh, when you sent that message to me, I put the play it forward thing out there. And if you're listening to the show, anybody out there, if you want to do a play it forward segment with us, you're in the supply chain, you play an instrument, just message myself or Michael Vincent on LinkedIn or Twitter. It's Timothy Dooner, D-O-O-N-E-R. Jake did. He knows my friends over at Carrier Direct. And he was like, what Michael Vincent just said, he's like, you know, I've played with Blue Man Group. I've played in the orchestra Millennium Park. So we were like, Jake, you got to come on. Send us a clip. We'll talk about that. And we'll talk a little bit about education and supply chain because you are an intern at Carrier Direct, right? Yeah, that's correct. It's been a fantastic experience. The guys at Carrier Direct, um, I mean, they have been profound in getting me with, you know, new network, new connection and new contacts in the, in the transportation and logistics space. So I really, I really commend them for that. It's been a great experience. All right, so we have a clip of you playing it forward. We'll play the clip, and then we'll, we'll discuss it uh, right afterwards. So if you can roll the tape production, let's hear what Jake has for us. says jake semba is the man i i tend to agree with him after that performance hey guys thank you so much i just i love what you guys are doing with sharing music and 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 giving people like me you know the ability to share music like this it's just fantastic shout out wyatt thank you (laughs) (laughs) i think he i think cowbell would have went great with that performance there doing her myself i didn't want to Uh, sully it maybe not maybe not i didn't want to sully it it was uh it was i don't know the the skill level was intimidating to to just jump in there 
No, hey, that, 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 that music puts me in a zone. I absolutely love that music. It, it was uh, absolutely phenomenal, Jake. Really good stuff. Wow, comments too. Catherine Whitehouse says, wow, Rhonda Bumphouse was like, whoa, that's incredible. Jake, I got to ask you, so you are, we mentioned you're an intern, right? You go to USC, you're a Gamecock. Uh, are you going back to school soon? What's what's the deal with COVID? I'm not even sure how, I don't, my own kid's school, I'm not even clear on if they're going in school or going virtually at the moment. Yeah, university is really interesting right now. So they've given us the perspective that, you know, the lower level classes, like the 101s, are going to be primarily online. And since I'm a senior at the University of South Carolina, they're going to be doing smaller classes with in-person. But again, like it's up to the person. I believe they're going to give us the option. I'm going to go ahead and and take the teachers. I really need on-hand teaching. So, so yeah, that's the situation. Well, it's going to be a different fall. My, my, my daughter's a senior at UCF, and she's under the same uh, – really the exact same uh, uh, kind of uh, program that you're outlining there that uh, USC is, is going to do so. But uh, so you're a senior. What's after graduation, Jake? I think after graduation, I'd love to be in a supply chain role with, you know, a supply planner or like a procurement professional. I'm really trying to hunt down jobs that are, that are in that space. But um, after that, I'd also like to maybe explore a freight brokerage. Um, I had a little experience with there and everyone calls me crazy for saying that, but you know, I had fun while I was doing it, so I might as well explore it a little more. Um, but other than that, you'll see me traveling, playing music, still doing the same. What, uh, what got you interested in supply chain and carrier direct and, and all of those kind of things? It's, it's really cool to see this big change in the past. I don't know. It's, it's sort of evolved over the past 20 years where you're seeing a lot more people go to university specifically for supply chain instead of like how a lot of us uh, kind of older dogs in the business have met. We kind of fell in here from a another path or we we're in one part of the company and then ended up in the supply chain part of the building. But now we got a ton of people going to school, university programs across the country. But what personally interested you? Yeah, really great question. Fantastic. I think what what interested me the most was the mentors at Darla Moore School really, really did a good job of teaching the value added to, you know, being good at data out of school, really being able to, you know, transform a data set into actionable science and insights is something that I just, it grabbed my attention right away. Um, you know, I never really was interested in transportation coming up to that point, always loved, you know, seeing trains go by as a kid. But it, it was really up to the mentors at school who really like convinced me that there is a huge market for students coming out of college uh, with with high proficiency in data. Um, I still got a lot of work to do uh, to get to that level. But yeah, that's tremendous stuff, Jake. You know, this morning as I was driving in, I was talking to a friend of mine. He's a chief sales officer for a a, a rather large uh, a brokerage uh, a brokerage company in the United States. And we were, you know, talking. And one of the things that came up was like, you know, in 10 years, we're going to be drinking a beer somewhere and talking to some newbie in logistics saying, you know, they're going to be talking about how crazy the times are in 10 years. And we say, you don't know crazy. 2020 was crazy. So just pipe down there, newbie. Right. So, but there's still time. Michael And you're with Carrier Direct right now, uh, learning supply chain in this crazy time. So how has that helped you learn supply chain when you're there with Carrier Direct? Yeah, Carry Direct, first of all, one of the best things they do about their interns is throwing them right into the mix. So we've sat in on client meetings from day one, which was amazing. Um, so throughout that time, 
I mean, I can give you one example. Um, we're, we're working on a toll recommendation project where, you know, I, in the beginning, did not know the substantial cost that some, some companies are, are, are taking on with just tolls and, and, and the amount of states they're traveling through. So that's one area where, like, I get to, I, I have a deep dive, a really specific focus on something. But in the long term, um, I really think they've helped me, you know, understand the whole value chain of their company at Carrier Direct. You know, so I thought going in, it was just a consulting firm. And then they explained how they have a, a wider variety of services. Um, and so they've really done well at teaching me where they sit in the value chain and then, and then where they sit specifically in the supply chain of being right in between, you know, a, a freight brokerage and a consulting company. Um, so yeah, it's been great. Well, Jake, one week from today, we're going to have your buddy Ryan Schreiber on here from Carrier Direct on a uh, another warehouse show. Where we look at uh, Six River Systems, a company that was bought by Spotify, so and another Massachusetts company. Uh, Michael Vince and I interviewed those guys when I was uh, when I lived in Boston. It's an exciting team. They got a robot called oh, Chuck. Awesome. But Jake, thank you so much for joining us today, man. Um, if you want to hook up with Jake, look him up on LinkedIn, Jake Semba. If you want to hear some more of his uh, orchestral works, I'm sure he can help you out there too. Jake, thanks for your time, buddy. Thanks, guys. I had so much fun. Have a great day. Take it easy. Awesome, Jake. Smart kid, oh. man. Like this is the the conversations we're having with young people in America with educators are are so different than we even could have had ten years ago, and it's a wonderful thing to see. You know, it would have been uh, it's probably getting harder to get into supply chain now that you're getting so many educated people in there. I didn't go to school for supply chain education. Like a lot of people, I was able to wander in here. And one of the great things about about this place was that a lot of times you could build based on experience instead of having to have that diploma. But I think it's going to become a lot more competitive, you know, a lot different caliber and class of kids joining right out of school into these programs. Yeah. A completely different skill set needed than back in the eighties when I uh, fell into this, into this business, right? You, you didn't need to be a computer science. You didn't need to be a, a, a data analytics, that type of stuff to get into this business. But anymore as automation and tech, et cetera, we're bringing in a whole new class of intelligence into, into the supply chain, which is tremendous. Yeah. Hey, Oh, and we got, what do we get? Please record your message. Let's try him again. We got his voicemail. All right. Dial him up one more time here and see what's going on. Who are we calling here? We're calling hi. Rick Larkin, president yes, I, of BCB. Yeah, we're, we're, hi, this is Dude and the Dude on What the Truck. We're talking to Rick Larkin. This is his wife. Let me give you his number. Oh, okay. Uh, sorry, your, your, your team gave, uh, his team over at there work gave me this number. What number should we be dialing to get Rick on the line? Oh, wait, don't, no, oh, wait, hold on. We don't want to give that out on, uh, on air. I think no, I might have you don't one want that out on air. <laughs> no, no. Um, I, I will, I'll ferret it out. Don't worry about it, but thank you very much. And, and have a wonderful day. Tell him we said, hi, we'll find All that. Right, thank you. Thanks. So Michael, give a little background. <laughs> I think I might have one other phone number, uh, in my email address here. So, so just dance a little bit and I'll get that up. I'm going to start dancing. So, uh, yeah, so we're going to be talking to Rick Larkin, who's president at BCB uh, Mansfield, Texas, which the name BCB, which I found to be very interesting and it's telling, it stands for Be Safe, Communicate, Be On Time. So BCB Transport. And they, they founded this uh, March 1st, 2011, and they opened the business with absolutely no customers and no drivers. And by the end of the first week, they had acquired their first of, of many drivers, obviously, and their first uh, customer. So today they currently sit at 83 employees uh, and support, you know, support Hello? staff and 274 company drivers. Yeah. Hi, is, is Rick there? 
I gotta give you his cell. He's not with me. Oh, <laughs> oh, sorry. This is the sorry. This is the same number. Let me find the other number they gave him. I'm, I'm very sorry about that, I'm Michael Vincent. I'm sorry. Continue. I did not mean to interrupt you. <laughs> no, please. That was the same number. I don't know. I didn't realize that was the same number. I got. Where is this right number? I don't know. Keep talking. I'll find it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So what I was saying was their current headcount is at 83 employees that support staff. That's back office and 274 company drivers, owner operators, and, uh, and that includes owner operators and fleet drivers. And they were featured in the Bruckner magazine. And uh, so they are all about safety as their name states. BCB is be safe, communicate and be on time. Uh, you know, and so they have a radio program that's called BCB Live that is seven days a week. And it's, uh, you know, it's hosted by uh, hey, um, safety director, et cetera. And we hey, got Rick. Rick on the line. Yeah, Rick. Hey, you're here at Dooner and the Dude. We uh, we had for some reason we had two numbers for you. We just accidentally called your wife. Lovely lady. She told she uh, and then I looked at my email and uh, we decided to, to call you up and get you get the right person on the line. Well, if you want to know what's going on, you probably had the right person you called her. So, <laughs> yeah, maybe we should have just interviewed her. Well, we were going to call her back if we, if we couldn't get you on. We were going to call her back and ask her what it was like living with you. Uh, you know what? I could, I'll, I'll speak on behalf of her. So, uh, Mike, hey, Rick, after the show, if you stay on the line, we'll let you know what you need to bring uh, home from the grocery store on your way home this evening. <laughs> So, Rick, Michael, uh, Michael Vincent, he gave, as we were trying to get the right number up for you, Michael Vincent, uh, he gave uh, a nice intro. He was talking about how you do a radio show. You're focusing on on safety. And uh, also, you did these great COVID wraps on trailers to support drivers. Um, and you sent me a couple things. So, if production can roll those uh, dash cam footage videos you sent me, let's, uh, let's talk over those. We're seeing a lot of cutoffs here, a lot of danger here. What is the feedback you're getting from drivers? And do you review this dash cam footage a lot from your drivers? So let me tell you, so we actually review that dash cam with our drivers every day on our safety show. We, we run our safety show for our drivers twice a day. They log in, they see their videos, and they're there to kind of to, to, to help them see things, the stale green lights, drivers that are, you know, the four-wheelers that are driving crazy. Hey, that's what it's for. We review that within the driver managers, call them when it happens. So we get these alerts to our system as soon as, as, as our drivers hit a, have a hard break or if they hit that emergency key, and we call our drivers really just to check on them and make sure they're okay. But yeah, so I mean, th these these videos that we see on the dash cams, let me tell you, it's crazy. The four wheelers out there driving, man. What what all of our drivers these these, these trucks do? It's amazing. All of these trucking companies across America, what they have to deal with with with, with the four wheelers just cutting them off with no disregard, no no regard for for what these trucks are carrying and, and their inability to stop on a dime, you know? Yeah, you know, Dooner, we had a guest on, and I forget who it was that, that was talking about this and, and, and said that, you know, the, the driver you just cut off while you're racing to the store to go pick up that thing probably had it on the back of their truck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's like people don't understand physics either. I mean, some of these cutoffs, like there's one where a guy pulled, like it's a it's an empty road. Like there's no reason for this pickup truck to cut off the semi coming in front of it, but he decides to risk his life anyway. It's just madness. It, it is madness. And we talk about it, though, with our drivers. What we're at, what we focus with our drivers is the distractions. And, and what you see from the four-wheelers, man, it's the distractions. You know that, that that car, that truck that cut us off on that one video, he just didn't, I mean, we were the only one there, and he or she, whoever was driving that pickup truck, just didn't see us. They're distracted by these 
cell phones. And I tell you, we are all over that. And our drivers are due, you know, God bless our drivers at BCB Transport. You know, BCB stands for be safe, communicate, and if you can, be on time. There's nothing more than safety with our company. That's all that we really try to focus on is the safety of driving up and down the roads. And our show that we do, it's only about that, man. It's, it's for our drivers to to learn from one another, learn from those stale green lights. You know, it's going to change. And we tell our guys all the time, man, don't try to beat it because it's if it's green for a long time, just know that sucker's going to turn yellow. <laughs> and, and don't get yourself in that bad spot. So, we, you know, we do. We spend a lot of time on safety every day. I mean, twice a day and then on Saturday and Sunday. Well, it's obvious that it's a top-down culture because I'm looking at this, and I believe Sir Rick would be uh, – <laughs> that would be you, no? Are you Sir you know Rick? What, that's a, yeah, I'm Sir Rick. Let me so tell you got, so you've got this story. show that's hosted by the president, and then you've also got your safety director, uh, Buckle Up Bob, and uh, who's Drive Safe Dave? Drive Safe Dave, is, is he's, uh, he's our maintenance director, so he's over all the maintenance and – and, uh, yeah, you have Drive Safe Dave, and you have Big Blue. Big Blue's my business partner. He's on it. You know, we have HR, you know, HR, you know, comes on and goes over HR. Music Man Mike. We have our own song, too. It's called Safety Truck. So, can you, oh, can you and, sing it? You know what? <laughs> I was out on the highway just loving my job. Safety, feeling blessed. With the presence of Buckle Up Bob. Buckle Up Bob. Yeah, that's After excellent. This run, <laughs> yeah. I'll get home to the ones that I love. Gotta get home to your loved Drive ones. Dave has got the power to get the job done. Sharing the news. Sharing the news. Solid as brick. Here comes Sarick. You've been safety struck. Oh, wow. And of course, it's sung to Thunderstruck and everybody. So when we sing this song, all of our drivers are yelling out, safety, you know, during the instead of thunder. So it's, it, it really is hilarious. And you get all sorts of characters on there. Our drivers, they love it, man. We have, you know. About 200 drivers a day on the show, and that's our that's our audience. But we only we, we run 300 trucks, so it's a pretty good culture around safety. Man, I'm going to join the show, Michael. I'm going to join his show. Is uh, don't be a dumbass dooner. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll be we, we, uh, COVID trailers. Let's let's cover your COVID trailers really quick, though. Tell me, tell us a little bit about what you did with those. You did these special wraps. I think we have a couple pictures of them. If we can display those but before yeah. we let you go it'd be a shame yeah. not to mention that one so let me tell you so when 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 this happened and and you know it, it and kudos to all these truck drivers across america what i wanted to show what we wanted to show was real truck drivers and these are our drivers from bcb transport on these pictures all you know you have hand sanitizer you have masks you have one guy in a full out uh, hazmat suit you know and then a comment on the front thanking all the trucking companies all the truck drivers across America for doing what they're doing during this essential time. You know, I love these drivers, all drivers. They're amazing. And they've been heroes during this time. And, and, and we wanted to make sure we gave recognition to them and say, thank you to everybody out there for what you do. 
That's lovely stuff, man. Rick, how, where do people go to learn more about BCB? And by the way, doing that impromptu play it forward segment has uh, has made have given has given you regular position on this show. Just reach out to me anytime Absolutely. you want to come on. Uh, but how do, how do people reach out? Hey, it's it's bcbtransport.com. Go there a lot. You know, go to our website. You can do that. Hey, we also have a safety struck page on Facebook um, that we that our drivers are part of, and they're on there. Hey. At the end of the day, we want more people, but but we're here, you know, and I want you guys to know one thing. Our goal is to protect life, and that's what we preach at the company, protect life. If you, we do that part, guess what? We're all going to be a safer company. Everybody's going to be a safer driver. That's what we're after is, is, is to do it the right way. We love our drivers. We love this industry, and we're here to help support everybody. Wow, that's fantastic, Rick. Thanks so much for joining us today. And um, say hi to your wife for us. I apologize that we we accidentally hey, called her first. <laughs> hey, y'all be good. Hey, stay safe and wash your hands. All right, take, take it easy. <laughs> you got it. Thanks, Rick. Wow, he was excellent. That was I, awesome. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it. And he just went right at that song, man. He's like, uh, I don't know. I feel like he's like my kindred spirit or something. Yeah, yeah. When he said, "Oh man, I thought he was going to defer to." Well, let me get you a clip to it. But he just he belted it out. It was awesome. Oh yeah, no, yeah. He took just like he paused for a second, but it was just taking a deep breath because he knew that he had to tear into that thing like a bag of the world's most metal potato chips. (laughs) (laughs) All right, talking about. Whoa! Hope they're okay. Uh, uh, talking about safety, <laughs> talking about safety. So this was a weird story, right, Michael Vincent? According to the Daily Citizen, one man is in the Whitfield County Jail and the sheriff's office is looking for three others following a strong arm robbery of a trucker pretty much just down the street from us, right, at a pilot travel center right. in Dalton, Georgia. It was Tuesday morning. The robbery happens in the back parking lot of the travel center, according to a press release from Sheriff Scott Chitwood. Uh, the men approach this driver. They say, hey, you want to buy some tires, right? Well, I, I guess the guy was holding a bag of money. They grab him, try to hold him back. They take the money from him. They try to run off. They start attacking him. Here's the good news. According to the press release, during the struggle, the victim retrieved a handgun that he had in his person, attempted to counteract the robbery by shooting one of the assailants. Once the victim commenced shooting, all the assailants dispersed. Law enforcement issued a be on the lookout. They're still looking for some of the guys. They were able to wrangle one of them, bring him into custody. But this made me think of a conversation that we had on Freightways Radio last Saturday where one driver was like, look, I don't have a problem with all these mass things, but here's the thing. I carry a gun. I'm a concealed carry owner as a driver. We already have our restrictions. I follow all the laws. And one of the laws is that it's illegal for me to wear a mask. And he's like, so if something happens to me and I'm trying to protect myself while wearing that mask, he now has that level of liability. And that's uh, that's a concern for drivers that I, I don't think we always think about. Yeah, I don't think many people understand it. There is that there is that law inside that you cannot wear that mask. But I believe that's if you're carrying it on mm-hmm. your person, uh, you can't be wearing that mask. So uh, you know. But this guy, well, this guy's coming in out of the case, store. This guy saved this guy though. I know. What if he was coming out of the store wearing a mask? Right? He was in the pilot. He had to wear the mask. He's coming out. He's buying the tires. You know, I mean, I guess you could rip the mask off. It just makes things murky though for for drivers who already don't have that many options for self defense. Yeah, no, uh, it, it does. So, but 
Anyways, uh, on to next bad news. While, uh, so, Dooner, while ride-sharing offers flexibility in employment and transport, a number of incidents, including murders and rapes of drivers and passengers, has legislators concerned about public safety. So the U.S. House, uh, good news, the U.S. House of Representatives unanimously approved legislation on Wednesday requiring ride-hailing companies to establish a digital method that matches drivers with passengers before the beginning of a trip introduced last year by Representative Chris Smith, Republican uh, New Jersey. Sammy's Law, named after college student Samantha Josephson, who was killed by uh, a person impersonating her Uber driver, has bipartisan support, improving it, uh, improving its chances of eventually being signed into law. The U.S. Senate has not taken up the legislation yet, but lawmakers at the federal, state, and local level need to think beyond whether ride-hailing gets people from point A to point B and work to ensure that transportation network companies deliver a public service safely and equitably, not a race to the bottom for passengers and transportation workers. That was a comment by Transportation and Infrastructure Committee Chairman Peter DeFazio, Democrat of Oregon. Dooner, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, this digital matching, have you witnessed it? What what could it possibly be? Yeah, I don't know. It you know, a lot of things in the hill, like if you did you see the tech summit that was the other day with the with with Congress and uh and Bezos and Cook and uh, and Zuck and all those guys. I yeah. I don't necessarily trust tech laws being written by um, by Congress, but uh, at the same time, you do need some sort of protection. I know now that if you're on Uber, there is a panic button, and it does show the license plate of the driver and stuff, making it a little bit more more difficult. I don't know. Hey, here's something that we've talked about quite a bit, though, is uh, Trolls World Tour, right? It caused quite a stir. COVID had shut down movie theaters. AMC earnings came out there dire. AMC is, uh, it was upset. They say, you know, Universal, how dare you put Trolls 2 out there and make millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars. And, uh, you know, Universal's like, you know, look, we're just trying to make money too out here. Well, they said they were going to boycott Universal. That tune has changed. Hollywood Reporter says that AMC Theaters Universal have struck an agreement and it's collapsing the theatrical window to VOD from three months down to just two and a half weeks. Now, just 17 days after a movie debuts in theaters, it can go on VOD. A big loss for AMC Theaters. And Mega Vincent, I got to tell you, by next earnings, I think that might go down to zero days. I don't know what leverage AMC really has there, especially as movie theaters become less and less desirable as the uh, the rate of cases and everything keeps going up with COVID. Yeah, I mean, the movie theaters uh, depend on people like Universal, right? I mean, Universal supplies them with what they're going to, and Universal is use, was using this old method, which seems to be coming an archaic method almost, right, overnight of movie theaters to to get their product out there and 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 produce revenue. And they don't need to do that anymore. Uh, so I, I, I agree with you. I don't know what kind of leverage that, you know, AMC movie theaters and others, uh, alike have with the, with the studios like universal. Yeah. It's I, gonna, it's, I, I agree with you. It's going to radically change how movies are marketed, produced, the budgets or oh, yeah. things. It's a big, it's a big changing, uh, big changing world. Speaking of changing worlds, we're going to cover more of that on Freightways radio tomorrow, three to 5 PM, Sirius XM's road dog trucking channel, one forty six. I'm going to have Kevin Hill on Thomas Healy from Helion, Ingrid Brown with their views from the road and Brian away talking about autonomous trucking and, and what's going on in that world. Monday on what the truck we have Lou Mo, president freight brokerage and expedited XBO. Jill Clifford from a born and company is going to be doing some LTL 101 whiteboard sessions for us. Jeff Boswell, recruiter at universal capacity is going to play it forward. Plus sonar powered market breakdown. And, uh, 
uh, all of the news. You can find me on Twitter at Timothy Dooner. That's D-O-O-N-E-R. You can find Michael Vincent at uh, Michael Vincent on LinkedIn or at Vincent the Dude on the Twitter. Subscribe to Freightcast. Get every single Freightways podcast, including What the Truck, the Midday Market Update, the just-released Supply Chain Spotlight with J.T. Angstrom. Michael Vincent, we get 30 seconds. What are you doing this weekend, brother? Oh, I'm, I'm just going to relax this weekend, man. And probably, well, it's probably going to rain, so I'll be indoors. All right, little cowbell for Michael Vincent. Little cowbell for Charlotte for giving that money back, or at least trying to. Little cowbell for all of our guests today. But it was that slight technical difficulty. And little cowbell for all of you. We'll catch you next week.